0: Now, has anybody in the audience got a birthday? Oh,
1: yeah. I know it's somebody's birthday. I know it's somebody's birthday. Welcome to New Jersey. I've got 60,000 people on a sing happy birthday to you. Has anyone got a birthday? But for anyone who's got a birthday besides me in the audience today oh, and jumping around here. Alright. Okay so this next song is for you and me. And anybody else who has got a birthday this year.
0: this week's When They Was Fab. I'm Ed Chin. John Stone, he's away on vacation this week having some fun, but we've got some old friends with us this week. Or is that not so old? First off, Lonnie Pena. (laughs) I'm as young as I feel. Hi there, Ed. (laughs) We just spent far more time traveling away to see Paul and that's what we're going to talk about this week.
2: Absolutely.
0: And then my partner in crime, the woman who I convinced to actually go to Orlando, in part because there was an Airbnb and there was plenty of room, so welcome, queen of all Beatles media, Kiddo Tool. Hey, Kit.
3: Hey, Ed. Hi, Wani. Yes, indeed. Ed, hey. uh, Ed convinced me to come and just spend a wild couple of days in Orlando seeing Paul going to an IHOP for the first time. It was Woo-hoo. quite an adventure. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you survived, Kit.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> just barely. <laughs>
2: yeah. You lived the tell the tell.
3: I did. IHOP is better than Denny's. I have to agree. Their pancakes are really good. The hype
0: is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We were going to do a normal review and uh, overview show, but Sam Wiles uh, over on his Paul McCartney show has had both of you on, so we're going to have to switch <laughs> things up just a little bit.
2: Yeah, he beat to the punch, did he not? (laughs) I tell you, Sam.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about with regards to the tour that you didn't talk about with Sam.
2: That's right.
0: Yes, indeed. To start off with, now, ticket prices. Ticketmaster was really screwing the real fans, the ones who actually had either the McCartney code or the American Express code. That whole purchase experience was pretty horrible.
2: Yeah, it was terrible. I was feeling pretty good when I received the email on pre-sale, but I tell you what, I couldn't even get in at all. Big, difficult time. Just to log in. Once I logged in, it kept spitting me out. So, uh, And I had a little team working on it. I had myself, my daughter, and I had Susan, and we could not get in to even find tickets.
0: You managed to log in, and then they put you in this waiting line, which... For most people, as I've heard, you know, and this was for pre-sale, mind you, this was not general sale. This was pre-sale either for the American Express tickets, which went on sale two hours roughly before everyone else, or the fan club sale, which went on an hour before everyone else. If you got in either of those lines, pretty much regardless of the venue, you were sitting there for 40 plus minutes. Wow.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I got knocked out of... The queue. I was in the queue, and then I got knocked out of the queue, went back in, and it it was ridiculous. And I still couldn't get tickets. I did not purchase my tickets through Ticketmaster.
0: Yeah, I also originally tried for the Dickies Arena, the Fort Worth show. I couldn't get in either. So, I mean, if you and I, in two different locations, on two different internet connections, keep getting dropped something's not right. That's ridiculous. And then when you did get in, tickets would just appear and disappear seemingly at random. Yeah, and the prices would fluctuate. They would come up at first at face value, and then you, when you go and select one, and then it would disappear and it would say someone else has claimed this ticket. And it's like, "Huh? Okay, <laughs> then go pick somewhere else." But then a minute later, it would reappear at double, triple, or quadruple the price that had just been. Jeez.
2: Yeah. It just didn't seem, I felt like there was really something going on that, you know, someone will have to explain at some point in time.
0: And this is absolutely not Paul. You know, I kind of think Paul's getting screwed on this whole bit deal as well. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. I don't think that they are giving him a cut of the automatic resale value of these tickets. You get to share a face and that's it as far as I
2: believe. I think we need an insider. I really feel there's something going on that uh, doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah. The reason tickets are so hard to get when they're on sale is that they're often not on sale and the reason they cost so much on the secondary market is that you're paying exorbitant fees to the platform and might be buying from a broker or in rare cases, even from the artists themselves. And this whole ecosystem enriches a lot of people who do not contribute anything to the actual show that you're paying to see. And at the center of all of this is Ticketmaster. John Oliver did a half hour show on his last week tonight and an expose on the business of Ticketmaster. It's really fascinating. And it gives at least some insight into what might've been going Mm -hmm. on. But from our perspective, going out looking for Paul tickets, it wasn't good.
3: Yeah. There's something, and the, well, they're fees, but they call them something like, you know, processing fees or whatever it is. I mean, they're just getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, they're just getting more outrageous. Wow. You know? like, you know, what are these fees? It's like $100, you know, I mean, they'll like mark up the ticket, like, you know, you'll you'll buy this, you're like, okay, this isn't so bad, you know, These, and then when you're at the checkout, they've added $100, at least to the total, I mean, what are these fees that they're adding on? It's a mystery, it's nothing new, but the fees are getting higher
0: and higher. At least from our experience on this tour, I think we can collectively say, don't try and get in there at the very beginning for almost every venue, not the Dickies arena because Dickies arena, it's an 8,000 seat venue roughly eight or 10.
2: It was 12,000 capacity.
0: Okay. You
2: know, um, still very small though, compared to others.
0: I can kind of understand why those tickets didn't pop up later, but certainly like where Kit and I went in Orlando to the citrus bowl there were face value tickets from Ticketmaster once you got past the first rush on the floor, more or less wherever you wanted to sit from like two weeks out up until the day of show.
3: Yeah. And if you were willing to wait until even like the day before or day of, like your friend had got one, it was, I forget how much he paid, but
0: it, he said 175 for basically a 250 face ticket. Yeah. Oh, I that's mean,
2: a good deal. Very good deal. Considering.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was back of the floor. That was toward the soundboard. Pretty good. Kind of nuts. Yeah. You know, I almost gave
2: up. Well, actually, I did give up. And it wasn't until maybe three days later, a friend of mine purchased tickets through another agency. And I said, well, wow, you know, let me try it. And sure enough, I was able to buy several tickets. So I guess you do have to wait till the surge. (laughs) That's
0: number one. The, The second negative thing that's happened this week. Ringo had to cancel the rest of his summer tour. 12 more dates planned. COVID is still with us. Uh, Yes, indeed. I can attest to that. It's pretty unfortunate,
2: but you got to do what you got to do. And hopefully he'll be able to reschedule.
0: He says he's rescheduling for September. Let's just hope that come September, he will actually be able to get his band back together and get out on the road.
3: Yeah. I wondered what was happening when at first, you know, Edgar Winter missed those shows and heard he had COVID. Now I think it's Steve Lukather that has it. I mean, okay, I
0: hadn't heard who the second person was. Yeah, it was then. Steve
3: Lukather. Okay. That's that's what I heard. And so, you know, it may be going through the band, maybe some of the crew are you coming down with it? I mean, unfortunately, I think this is going to happen more and more with tours That's still with us as you said Lonnie Yeah, it's still contagious you know knock on wood it hasn't happened with Paul's band or
0: anything so well, let's hope everybody stays healthy it's just a real shame I do really hope that he manages to get things going in September and October when he's trying to pick this tour back up what he said he's rescheduling these June dates for September
2: yeah right before yeah. when he was
0: going planning to go out before
2: and hopefully, he'll add maybe a Texas date. Never know.
0: You know, the last time he was here was, uh, he was out down in Sugar Land.
2: Yeah, that's right. Smart Financial. 2017.
0: It was the uh, two days after the Astros won the World Series.
2: I was there. It's been a while now. It's been it's five years. been five
0: years now. He doesn't really like to come this way all that much anyway. He's, he's always been one to play uh, Billy Bob's in Dallas. He, he, he loved playing that venue.
2: I would travel there. <laughs> I would not have any problems.
0: But I mean, he hadn't played Billy Bobs in a while either, so we'll have to see what happens. So, on to the tour itself. Question number one in, in McLaughlin Group style uh, <laughs> Chris Holmes has been at the front of McCartney concerts since 2009? Yeah, the first show I did with him was uh, at Coachella in 2009, and then they asked me to go on tour, and I've done all the shows since 2011. And he does a very good job, but. It's getting to be a little bit old. He's good. I have any problem
2: with that. I like the DJ. I like the little mix that he does. He's not on there very
0: long. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. They kind of know how long it's going to be before Paul is ready, and they will both figure out how they're going to let the scroll go and then how long they're going to let Chris go.
2: Yeah, it would be nice if he actually contracted someone local. I mean, there's plenty of local DJs that can do that hmm. and mix it up between cities. That might be fun.
0: Or should he actually find himself an opening act? You know, he's never done that. The closest he's ever come was that quasi Cirque du Soleil thing he did. Oh, when was that? That was probably in the early 2000s. I remember seeing Is that. that.
2: Hmm. He did have a band play once with the script. Oh, I don't remember that at all. They played a couple of dates. They didn't tour a number of, of cities, just maybe, I think, uh, in New York, maybe, that was it.
3: Okay, so that would explain it. Never saw that in Chicago.
0: Yeah, they're called The Script. Do you think that's something he should even consider doing regularly? Maybe he could cut his own show down by half an hour and give him 45 minutes to an opening act.
3: Well, you know, I actually like the DJ. I mean, I think it, it might be an interesting idea to have a... Rotating set of DJs, maybe, or, or uh, as Lonnie suggested, you know, maybe having different DJs in each city do a special mix. That might be kind of an interesting idea to vary it a bit. But I kind of like the mix because it does build anticipation. The guy that was sitting next to me at the concert, I remember at one point the mix was going, he turned to me and he's like, I just can't wait for the show to start, you know? (laughs) And I think that's kind of the purpose of that mix. It's to build the anticipation, and I think it does a pretty good job of that. I mean, it does get you in the mood, and I do like how he mixes in the more quotes, obscure songs, particularly for those who perhaps aren't as hardcore fans as we are. I like it. I don't know if he would need a a real opening act, but it might not be a bad idea to bring in other DJs just to mix it, no pun intended, mix it up a bit. But I really like this edition I like the pre-show like this
0: to build the yeah, anticipation
2: I like the DJ I, I vote the DJ and no ban
0: mm-hmm. uh, I keep I the like- DJ. Yeah, I like the DJ as well. He does well, but here's two wild ideas, one of which is very much a possibility and the other which ain't going to happen. First off, why didn't Paul bring in local Beatle bands? Every city has a Beatle band, and he could sit there and basically dictate a set list to them and say, you know, here's songs that I'm not going to (laughs) play. You know? You can do Martha, my dear, and you can do Rocky Raccoon, and you could do John songs, and you can do George songs. I'm not going to play them in my set. You guys go and do them. Have fun. Mm-hmm.
2: We'll talk later about Dickie's Arena, but they had a festival outside the arena. The band was playing classic rock, and they played a few Beatles songs, but that was obviously outside of the arena. I don't know. That, to me, that'd be kind of weird. A little too cheesy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: i have to go along with that. Because then we're going to hear enough Beatles songs the whole night. And I hate to say that, as you know, of course we love hearing all the Beatles songs. But I also think probably the DJ set kind of puts Paul in a more modern context, which he You're really right. likes to do. So I don't know if he would like to have Beatles tribute band, unless it would be the Fab Four.
0: It would have to be really high quality. That's the question. If he brings in just a local one, we are honored in this town to have our friends Joe Biardi and the uh, Fab Five. They are a very high quality Beatle band.
2: Yeah, they really are.
0: And then they also do a classic rock set, but especially given that Paul has decided to kind of go to some smaller cities he might have trouble finding a top-notch beetle band in winston-salem let's say <laughs>
3: yeah yeah as i said it'd have to be really really good quality
0: if you got the fab four up there you know mm-hmm. those guys could knock it out of the park i think okay my second which is absolutely not going to happen but perhaps they should consider it why not bring ringo up there You know, let Ringo be his opening act. Oh, possibly. Ringo would make more money playing as the opening act for Paul with a dozen, 15 dates. And, you know, he could bring a smaller selection of all-stars with him. So Ringo gets through his own set, a couple songs from whatever selected all stars he has with them. And then he could come out during the show like Danny did during the ELO show. And, you know, Paul could even come out and they could do what I've always wanted to see live. And they've only ever done live once Mm. Sergeant Pepper right into little help.
2: Yeah. I like that. I can vote for that. (laughs) Well, like you said, whether that would happen or not, it's a different story.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't.
3: I think it would have to be like a double bill or something, because you know, I don't know if Ringo would be cool with being an opening act. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know. The,
0: the billing would have to be settled, but it still, there's no question that it would be Paul as the main act and yeah. Ringo as the... And you look at the venues they play. Ringo plays the Beacon Theater. Ringo plays sub-2000 seat arenas. yeah you know, outdoor sheds and Paul doesn't go any lower than I think the smallest traditional venue i've seen him in was in Austin at Barnes Arena, which was like eighty nine hundred. Oh yeah. So, I mean he can definitely fill <laughs> no with no well, problem. Still
2: playing stadiums, right?
0: Yeah. He played to over seventy thousand in Orlando, so exactly.
3: Pretty impressive. I mean I of course would love to see Paul and Ringo play on stage together, and I mean, God, to play to, to see them do you know sets of two and one? I mean, are you kidding? I mean, that'd be great, but yeah, I doubt it'll
0: happen because I think they've been asked before would they ever tour
3: together, and they seem to
0: not be interested. Yeah, uh, they've been called on it in the past, but they're kind of getting to that point now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, both in their ages and, and in terms of they want to go out and they still want to tour, but I think they w- don't want to work quite that hard. And that's one way they can work a little bit less hard. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and versus having Ringo open the show, just build them in with McCartney. Yeah. McCartney and Ringo and have Ringo come in at certain times mm-hmm. throughout the show versus have him just as an opening act.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's certainly a, an idea. Yeah, yeah, them
2: do the show together.
0: Yep, kind of the Billy and Elton thing. Yeah, they oh yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's still going to have to be seventy percent Paul, thirty percent Ringo. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe I'll get him to open for me. That'll make people happy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what? What? What about a, a world tour? Have you guys discussed?
2: Never. Anything? We've
0: never we discussed like
2: anything like that. No. You know, he's got his band,
3: I got mine.
0: Okay, so we move on from Chris Holmes. The next thing we see is the film scroll, and there's been a version of that for 10 years. I'm happy with it for the most part, but I've seen it. We want to freshen up this show a little bit, no oh, pun intended. I was actually
2: surprised to see it. Think that. They're still doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the film scroll, But yeah, it's pretty predictable for us who are going to these shows over the past 20 years. It's pretty predictable. But yeah, I would like to see a little something different.
3: Yeah, I think it's a cool idea to have – the film scroll to accompany the mixes. That's fine. And the first time they did it, I thought, oh, that's really cool. And it, you know, the visuals, some of them were kind of psychedelic and kind of went along with some of the trippier parts of the mix. And I thought that was really neat. But yeah, I kind of agree they need to freshen up, as we said, no pun intended, that scroll a bit. What they can do, I'm not sure. New footage, maybe incorporating some stuff from They got back film, maybe some outtakes we haven't seen. Something.
0: Animation rather than just sort of the still photos embedded in. They've changed the background a little bit. This time it's scrolling upwards in a building all the way up to the very roof of this giant skyscraper. They've done similar things. And I think way back when it was a side scroller originally, but nonetheless. Is it chronological?
2: Yes. Okay, so maybe it serves a purpose For those younger folks in the audience.
0: Well, I say that, but they do have break points in there. If they find out that Paul is going to be 15 minutes later, they will slip back (laughs) with the film. No, really. The program is such that they can say, okay, go back to this time point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rewind a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And in fact, in Houston, way back in 2012, Paul was, oh, 45 minutes late And they ran through the whole thing twice. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) No one ever noticed, (laughs) except for Ed. (laughs) But yeah, they cut back, they cut back, and then they said, oh damn, we're just going to go through the whole thing again. And they fired it up again from the very beginning.
3: But maybe some animation, I think uh, that's a good point, Ed. Maybe, you know, doing something like that. No, it doesn't have to be radically different all the time, but yeah, I mean, it just needs some new stuff. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: new footage. Yeah. The hour before the show starts, you know, we complain about how the show is the same, and the show is and is not the same, but the first hour is more or less the same. And yeah. it's been the same for ten years. <laughs> yeah. I do like the very end. It's uh, coming up into the end, and then just this, a giant image of the Hofner base. So the, the image hasn't been the same, but it's, it's always been the Hofner at the very top of whatever the scroll is, yeah. or sometimes it goes on. They, they Remember, they once they brought up the silhouette on the screen behind him, and that was really cool.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. like the apex of, of the pre-show.
3: Yeah, because that really gets the crowd going. <laughs> Even though you've seen it before, it does make you feel like, you know, oh boy, he's coming, he's coming, you know? <laughs> and, 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 the you lights know, go down. Yeah, I mean, so that part, yes, keep that
0: the last 5 minutes of it but the, yeah. they just need to update the previous 55 i think <laughs> exactly yeah.
2: no problem like, there's a lot of young people i saw a lot of young folks like 14 yes. 16 18 20ish that were at the show there with probably their grandparents <laughs> or i saw it, there was a 20 year old young man who was sitting next to us who drove 8 hours from uh, McAllen, texas which is a border town it's, it's about eight hours from McAllen to dallas or fort worth
0: that's wow. near brownsville right and
2: yeah yeah and he drove eight hours by himself to see mccartney and he's wow. he was like 20
0: and well i mean that that goes back to that goes back to the very first time i saw paul you know you drove eight hours i didn't drive but i flew and i uh rented a car even though legally i wasn't allowed to oh we managed to talk the rental guy into letting us uh, yeah. rent the car for
2: All right. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, it's something like I want to hold your hand movie.
0: Yeah. We're going to see
2: these <laughs> folks no matter what happens.
0: Yeah. We got into Dallas and uh, we went to uh, Enterprise and you know the guy says you're not 21 yet. It's like, "Well, I'm <laughs> almost 21. I'm close." <laughs> And so we threw a little bit of uh, hand waving, <laughs> a little bit of enticement. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can do this. It sounds <laughs> we found sounds so, like
2: a script to an upcoming movie. It does. We, we need to get my daughter Julia to write.
0: There you go. <laughs> if she's looking for a Beatles script, uh, yeah. There's a book from uh, a gal in Cleveland. Her and her friend managed to get on a plane to Liverpool and tried to go and work for Brian at NEMS and meet the Beatles. Oh,
2: hey, awesome.
0: I'll, I'll send you the link, but everyone who reads this book says it should be a screenplay.
2: Nice. Yeah. A little sidebar, folks. little sidebar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're talking live, so, you know, yeah. that's yeah. live. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the, the opening song, Can't Buy Me Love, not a great opener. I think we've all said that. I prefer
2: Hard Day's Night if he's going to do that.
0: <laughs> but I don't even think Hard Day's Night was all that great enough. Yeah. Except for that opening chord. That's the one thing that makes it work. Go back before that, every opener he had before that was a better opener. Drive My Car was a better opener, and even that was slightly iffy as an opener. Magical Mystery Tour was a great opener. Yeah. Um, And then the one that can't be beat, Venus and Mars Rock Show. I wish he'd bring back Venus and Mars Rock Show.
3: I mean, you just can't beat it.
2: Definitely.
3: It is a song about going to a rock concert (laughs) and then, you know, waiting for the show to begin. It doesn't get any better. I
0: wish he'd bring that back. Although, you know, a song that might have worked as an opener, that's a new song, Come On To Me, you know, with that guitar, you know, he walks out and dun, 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 dun. dun. Mm -hmm. That might have worked as an opening song. Yeah.
3: I don't know. You know how people are about new songs, although that one did go over well at the show because it's got that sing-along quality and all. That was one of the few newer songs that went over well. So that's true. And of course in the eighty nine ninety tour he started with figure of eight. He opened the that's show right. with figure eight. Remember
0: that? From the new album. And that was a song which I wouldn't have guessed would be a particularly good opener, and that turned out to be a really pretty good opener.
3: Yep, it was. I love Venus and Mars rock show. I, I wish he Yeah, bring yeah that my back. vote
2: would be for that, definitely. That's what he'd used, uh, what, 76 tour?
1: Yeah.
0: He brought it back for a couple years, an abbreviated version. Oh, okay. Rather than the two separate songs running... Six, seven minutes. It was kind of a medley of the two running three and a half or four. (laughs) and then right into Jed. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But then he dropped it again.
2: Mm. Well, would I saw her standing there be a, a, a good choice? Or Could he do that vocally? That would be a good start.
0: When's the last time he did that? I mean, he did that as part he of the it. encore. you says you want some more.
2: He's done it before. Yeah,
3: oh yeah, for but, sure.
2: But yeah, I, I would have preferred something different than what he started with.
3: Yeah, with. great song, but I don't know. It's it's just sort of an abrupt beginning. I don't know what it is. He's also started concerts with
0: Hello Goodbye.
3: That's kind of worse. It's okay. But yeah, Can't Bay me Love is not a great opener.
0: And then I think we're all pretty happy with where he goes there. because he goes into a bunch of wing songs kind of at the start of the show. Yep jet you can't beat that that's always great at the beginning of the show well, he just added jet back yeah uh in what the second boston show yeah i'm glad he did that the abbreviated juniors farm is what he's been doing
3: yeah that was a real treat uh, i was really glad he did that because you know that's such a great great rocker and that went over well
0: and jet with the horns those live horns on jet oh my that. I saw that in Winnipeg at the Sound check. not having to contend with the crowd noise, I could really listen, and it was a great version of Jet. And then, you know, it goes on into Letting Go, and then Got to Get You in My Life, and then Come On To Me, all very big horn songs.
3: When I heard he was keeping the horn section from the last tour, I was just, oh, thank
2: God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God.
2: That was a delight to see them. We saw them, Ed and I saw them, uh, the Austin City Limit Festival, didn't we?
0: Yep. And oh, really? um,
2: they were embedded in the audience.
0: <laughs> that was kind of based upon the Egypt Station, the New York City Central live show that he did. Oh, yeah. right,
3: right, right. They did that.
0: Yeah. There was a little roped off section, the middle aisle, actually not too far from where we were sitting, Kit. On the floor. No and so the first two songs had no horns and then when he went in to come on to me the horn section was in their <laughs> little roped off section and they started playing and then you know the cameras turned around and everyone's like where are they where are they oh they're <laughs> over there yeah. it was a surprise
3: that's so cool that's fun you just can't replicate that on a synthesizer
2: i mean really cannot
3: you can't whenever i watched the movie rock show and i'd see the horns then they'd be doing silly love songs and all that i mean the horns just sound yeah, so it's, great
2: it's so organic it's so real and it's, exactly it's refreshing to, to see that
3: And the horns sound great on letting go and so many great songs live so yeah thank
0: goodness they were back and then if he's gonna have the horns you know i'm gonna harp on this why no martha my dear you know, Paul can sing it. It's a perfect <laughs> piano song for him to add in the set, and you got the horns now, so it would work absolutely great on stage. <laughs> Why aren't you doing that, Paul? <laughs> Don't it's know. not too
2: high notes, right there. I mean, he's fairly mid range. There's nothing really in mid-range. there that he
0: couldn't sing. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of two real McCartney Beatles songs that he hasn't done. and It's "Martha, My Dear" and it's "Rocky Raccoon," uh-huh. and it's like. Okay, Ringo's finally doing Octopus's Garden as part of the All-Star show. You can do Martha, My Dear Paul. <laughs> Before the horns, that's one thing. It's like, okay, you know, all right, you don't want to do the fake horns on it, but you got horns on stage with you. Yep. <laughs> but do more horn songs. Yep. There's lots of songs you could do that you're kind of not doing.
2: Well, I don't disagree with you. That that would be a good one. So Who knows?
0: Do you have any other brass recommendations, Beatles or Wings, that Paul should play? Talking about silly love songs, I
3: actually wouldn't mind him bringing that back now that he's got a nice horn section, because I would love to hear that again with real... That was really a highlight of the 76 Wings tour, because I'll tell you, with a big horn section when they were standing up and playing those lines, that really sounded great. I'd love to hear that live. And it was a big hit. You know, I don't think people would object. And again, he could sing it. I was going to say, I think he could sing it. I don't think that'd
1: be
0: too hard. He could replace Maybe I'm Amazed with that. Yes. You do what you did for John with linda you put a giant linda up there and her backing vocals and he's got the isolated backing vocals he could go and pull the studio tapes there you go and And
3: yeah and as you said put a image up there or even some footage from rock show or you know something i mean yeah use that as the tribute absolutely because you can really hear her on that recording so perfect
0: there you go (laughs) <laughs> you got my vote. Yeah, okay, I think all the tributes kind of need to be refreshed a little bit. Yeah, yeah no. I agree. So, okay, you know, we're all real happy with the horns. Should Paul go ahead and just get a four-piece string section?
2: He could do like some artists do. They get local musicians, local artists, local uh, symphonies and whatnot.
0: Elvis Costello does that.
2: They're well-equipped to perform any song. That would be nice.
3: I've often thought that when he's done Elner Rigby that I would love to hear some real strings. Nice that, you know, you can try and replicate the strings on the synth, but no,
0: I'd love to hear some real strings. Yeah, the only question there is whether Paul would let them get by with that. My story about that is I'm fortunate enough to have actually seen Paul do yesterday with live strings. Mm. In San Francisco, in Golden Gate Park, he actually did yesterday with the Brodsky Quartet. Wow. Wow. Now, the evening before, there was sound check in the park so they couldn't exactly keep people away from it. We were able to get up to the fence and sort of watch them do sound check and Paul kept going through over and over bits and pieces of yesterday until they finally had to shut the screens off. Oh my god. Paul was clearly upset that they weren't getting something just the way he wanted it okay oh wow and so the screens were off for about 15 minutes we were actually gonna leave then they finally turned the screens back on and they did like half of uh, one more run through and they did a couple more songs and it's like ooh, i want to know what (laughs) was happening (laughs) didn't like something they were doing but the next night when it was live when it was actually in the show it went off perfect Yeah, that's the only thing about is he going to bring a local string section in? I don't know whether they could do it to McCartney standards.
2: Yeah, after that story. uh, That's you're probably right. (laughs) Yeah, the perfectionist there. It's it may not fly.
0: Four more people and a couple more instruments, sure. Oh, violins is taking into
2: the profits here now.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and the, the ticket prices are going to go up.
0: That's right. Well, <laughs> well, the ticket prices are going up anywhere. anyway. Yeah. It's gonna True. be a thousand
3: for the cheap seats. At
0: oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> you're gonna be
2: rattling your jewelry at home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go and demand some of that ticket master surge pricing <clears throat> money. Oh. <Yeah. laughs> uh. We do think that he's probably doing about right on the scheduling of this tour. What well, sixteen dates he did? He did a back to back in Oakland and he did a back to back in Boston. Boston. He doesn't seem to be straining himself.
2: No, I think that's so important. Yes, I think that's so important to have you know a good separation between dates to help with the vocals and whatnot. You said he did two dates. In Oakland.
0: He did the Saturday and the Sunday in Oakland. I may even the Friday and the Sunday, but it was it was two okay. dates in, in a very short time. The two Boston dates and were Boston. very definitely back And He did to back. two dates in Seattle. Today we sit here at Climate Pledge Arena at Seattle Center, under this iconic roof that has rocked Seattle and the Pacific Northwest for nearly sixty years. From the very beginning of this project, Climate Pledge Arena was intended to fill a void in Seattle. To have a world class arena a state-of-the-art building that can support and draw the best artists and performers in the world. Paul McCartney is exactly that, one of the performers that makes an arena and a city world-class. We could not be more proud to welcome him back, especially in the arena that he and the Beatles christened as the first concert at Seattle Center Coliseum in 1964. This is probably one of the first
2: events for many of us after this crazy pandemic that uh, it's just like we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And to have this guy be that light is just fantastic Get
0: back, what's with him playing in some of these let's say stranger cities i mean you know, he wants to go to new and different places but the one that everyone mentions is bossier city louisiana yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bossier, is that close to Mississippi? I don't even know where that's yeah, at. Yeah, it's,
0: it's on the other side. It's not the New Orleans <laughs> side, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's a strange one. <laughs> and, you know, like I say, Winston-Salem this time through.
3: Yeah, and in the last tour, he went to Moline, Illinois, which was strange because that's like in the quad cities and yeah, not Chicago.
2: Maybe they're just saying, let's do some random cities. They threw the dart.
0: when when was the last time he was in chicago kit i'm
3: trying to remember the exact and it wasn't even chicago it was tinley park which is south of chicago last time he was in chicago proper i'm trying to remember if that was like 20 13 or something like that i mean it was a while ago
0: was 2012 that he was last in houston
3: yeah maybe it was like 2012 maybe it was that
2: same tour it was minute made right that was minute Minute made yeah that that was 20 years ago? No, 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We're getting old, but we're not that old one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, my timeline is starting to fade, <laughs> Oh, I
3: know, like, yeah. You
2: know, I really cannot believe he hasn't been to Chicago.
3: Yeah, he has wow. skipped us, because the time before this one, I saw him, it was in Madison, Wisconsin, and then the time before that, as I said, it was Tinley Park, Illinois. It was an outdoor venue, and I was really shocked, because the last time he played Chicago was United Center, which is a huge, I mean, that's where the Bulls play. Mm, like all the yeah. big acts, like if they're going to play an indoor space, that's where they play. Before that, he was at Wrigley Field. That was a great
0: show. Oh, I my mean, bad. I think it's like 95% he's going to play a New York show. 95% he's going to play an L.A. show. Probably about 90% he's going to do a, a Bay Area show. But anything beyond that is, you know, it's a crapshoot.
3: Yeah, yeah, he skipped Chicago many times before. I don't know why. Okay. Really strange. Yep. I
2: saw where he's playing Fenwick Park.
0: Yeah, he, he just played Fenway just, two nights in a row. Yeah, in Boston. And that, that would be a nice one
2: to go to as well.
0: If I hadn't gone to Orlando, I would have gone to Fenway. But I mean, Orlando was so nice because it fell on the holiday weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. that worked out. It sounds like
3: planning it out so there are at least a few days in between gigs. I think it has paid off for his voice for sure.
2: Definitely. And, and obviously the two-year rest period that he had, that helped a lot.
0: And I think the fact that he does seem to have at least consulted with somebody. Whether or not he's actually taken any vocal coaching, he's talked to somebody. He recognizes his shortcomings. Yeah. yeah.
2: It shows big time, believe yep. me. Yeah, Just going to say, yeah, that's the first thing I noticed just after the first song. It's like, wow, he's modulating appropriately. He's not trying to <laughs> strain himself.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Ed and I were talking about it. I said, you know, I noticed he's definitely phrasing differently. He's not holding notes quite as long as he used to. I mean, he's saving his voice, which is fine. Better to do that than to, as you said, strain his voice unnecessarily. It's better to do that than when he had that terrible performance of uh, Maybe I'm Amazed on Saturday Night Live. And yeah. that's coming
0: up on 10 years ago, believe it or not. Really? In the Distance is the 50th anniversary of SNL. Jeez. We can see it from here. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, they just finished, like, the 47th season. 2025. Yeah. Exactly.
2: So. Yeah. Crazy. You know. Well, that's I said. It seemed like 20 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about the tributes. Here's an idea that I had. If he drops the John tribute and he drops something – Why doesn't he just play Sergeant Pepper in its entirety? He is or has played most of the numbers off of Pepper. Then you could do Lucy as a John tribute, Lucy and Day in the Life, and you could do Within You Without You as the George tribute. And nobody's going to complain if he does Pepper in its entirety. And Pepper is only 35 minutes. It barely affects the rest of the show.
2: No, you're you're talking about the entire
0: Pepper in its entirety. You know, Pepper's not oh, okay. Pepper's only Pepper's less than twenty minutes aside.
2: Yeah, but if you're gonna do that, why not do, you know, rubber soul in its entirety? We would like to see rubber soul in its entirety. I don't see Sergeant Pepper as so much a John tribute because it was pretty much Paul's idea.
0: But you do have Lucy and Day in the Life, and that's yeah, no. gonna be better than
2: here today. Well, if you're gonna do a tribute, I, I would definitely replace it with something like Lucy in the Skies or Strawberry Fills. Uh-huh.
0: He's-, he's done that before. He's done a John medley. Right. Uh, the only reason I say Pepper in its entirety is so he could say he's doing Pepper in its entirety, and it has built into it a John and George yeah. song. Yeah. So
3: I don't know if I see him doing Within You Without You for George. I just don't know if I see that not that he's not interested at all in, in Indian music but I just don't see it now something like if he wanted to replace something with like all things must pass like what he did in the concert for George that'd be kind of cool if he did something like that for John what I was just thinking is as you were saying that Ed, is are there going to be people who if he did a day in the life or Lucy in the sky I don't know if they would you know say that was John's song you know, what are you, Probably, people already do that with kite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, are they going to get all if they're going to get their knickers in a twist over that? Say, you you can't do this, John's song. So I don't know because, of course, by doing here today, that's his tribute to John. But I agree, it wouldn't hurt for him to do other. Tributes, Because, I mean, I agree that something and here today is beautiful, of course, as those songs are. He yeah, could do something he's, different.
0: He's done them, and the staging has also been done. I mean, great. He gets up on the platform, and the platform rises up toward the ceiling, and the people who haven't seen it, oh, wow, look at that. But it's been done. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's yep. getting old, getting old. But I I like the tributes. have a different song.
0: Agreed. The only reason I mention Pepper in its entirety is an album where he's done most of the songs already live. You know, it's not like the band would really have to work that hard to learn Pepper in its entirety. And Paul would get the publicity, which he craves so much. It would be a media darling. Yeah, oh,
3: absolutely. When did Paul do Within You Without You?
0: He hasn't done Within You Without You.
3: Oh, phew. I was thinking like, oh my God, when did he play that? Did I miss
0: something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, phew.
2: no, no, He played it in the alternate universe.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, for one, want to go to the former All Mankind universe where we're going to Mars and John's still with us and the Beatles are doing a reunion tour. You know, hey. Yeah, there you go. That's all right with me.
2: <laughs> absolutely.
0: There you are. And this show would be about the Beatles reunion Union, tour. Right that's year. right. <laughs> that concert was oh, what, awesome. What is, what is George doing singing Within You Without You Again? <laughs> Do you really need to hear that?
3: <laughs> he needs to
0: change it up.
2: <laughs> that's right. It be the 30th. That, that reunion tour was what year on the episode and the show?
0: That's like the late 80s that they're is talking it? about.
2: 89?
0: The, the episode proper <laughs> is in like the early 90s. Okay. They're, they're talking about the 1995 window to Mars, and they're a couple right, of years away right. from that. Okay. And then that was in a couple of years prior. If we were going to associate it with something real, they were probably thinking it would be like their version of the 89 McCartney tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would be this Beatles reunion tour gotcha. <laughs> All right, again, like we were saying with Blackbird and here today, although it's not quite as old, the whole shack set's getting a little bit old.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I'm ready to upgrade to something. Maybe the Symphony, maybe the Orchestra replaces that acoustic thing, you know.
0: There you go. I mean, he he always does an acoustic set somewhere He's done that on every tour since Wings Over America, but do something different. I was disappointed when he stopped doing From Me to You in, in the Shack set, but both the staging and In Spite of All the Danger and Love Me Do and the Love Me Do story.
3: Yeah, I mean, the first time he did In Spite of All the Danger, that was great. I mean, I was so excited the first time he did it. But yeah, now it's like, okay, we know the story, and I mean, he even tells the joke about the record and who got it and all that stuff. I mean, I almost feel jealous of the people who haven't heard the story before. And they're laughing and they're like, oh, wow. And he's going to play it. Yeah, they're so excited. And oh, I wish I were hearing it for the first time
1: again.
0: (laughs) You were next to me, but you weren't listening to me in Austin. The people on the other side of me, I was literally mouthing the words with Paul, saying them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the people next to me were looking at me. It's like you know what he's gonna say. <laughs> are, you, are you psychic or something? No, I've just seen the show before. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "You're saying exactly what he's saying up there." Yep. Oh man. So, yeah, that was at ACL Fest in Austin. Was uh, those were the same people who were convinced that Obadiah uh, Obadiah was Paul's giant message toward transgender positivism? It's like what. <laughs> Desmond in his dress, you know, Oh, for God's sake, oh, and dear. So, you know, after the show, I was talking to them while we were waiting to get out. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you know, I love that song. It was such an early positive transgender message. It's like, no, it really wasn't. No.
2: Well there's our Beatle message for everyone. Yes. <laughs>
0: it's still kind of funny, but
3: as Paul would say, it's what you want to read into
0: it. <laughs> Despite all of these complaints we've been having about the set, I had gotten to the point where I thought that the last quarter of the set was old hat, but not this time. You know, after a couple of years off, it impressed me anew. You know everything from D through to the end of the encore. It was like, okay, yeah, live and let die. Yeah, let it be. Yeah, even you know, hey Jude, which seems to be Beatle People's favorite whipping boy. Yeah. We all love the song, <laughs> but oh, Paul, we we'd be happy if you never did it again. I was kind of there, but not this time. Yeah, yeah. it was
2: fun. Know. He didn't elongate it as much as he has in the past. With yeah, the, the guys, you know, on this side, and the and the gals on this side. The whole deal. I've come to expect Live and Let Die. That's the big show. That's the fire, you know, and every, the lasers and everything. It's always fun for me.
3: And it's always fun, you know, for the people who haven't seen it. Wait till they get to the fireworks! <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: it always and scares me, though. They're so close to the fire, you know?
3: Yeah, I know. And Look particularly <laughs> when he plays the outdoor venues. I mean, wow, they seemed, in uh, yeah. Orlando, I mean, they were big. The fireworks, I mean, my God, and fireworks and lasers, yeah. and, you know, I mean, they just really kicked it up
0: a notch. Well, okay, I'm going to have trouble ever being impressed with the fireworks again, because I was at last pick of the stick in Candlestick in San Francisco, and that was the very last event ever to be held at Candlestick Park. Oh, wow. So, well, Paul and his people went to the safety guys, and they went to the Candlestick Park people, and the and the people at the park said, look. As long as nobody gets hurt, go as wild as you want to get. They doubled the amount of fireworks wow. on Live Let Die. If you go and watch the video, it wasn't just pop, 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 pop. It was like almost larger than any 4th of July show I've ever seen. Wow. For those four minutes. My gosh.
2: It, it may be worth a view. I'm, I'm going on YouTube now.
0: And I'm going to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because nobody cared. Are you going to damage something? No, we're just going to tear it down next week anyway. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) They were letting people dig up the field. Wow. Because sections of the field weren't covered by tarps or anything. And so it's like, you want part of the field? Go ahead.
3: Man, a funny thing happened during our show that was a little extra, little bonus special effects, courtesy of nature, like toward the end of Helder Skelter, which I always like when they do Helder Skelter. I just think it sounds great live. And it was at the end when, you know, toward the end when Paul's saying, you oh, know, coming down, coming down, coming down fast, and you know and the lights are going. All of a sudden, in the sky, there was heat lightning and so like this lightning starts (laughs) as I said it was heat lightning and it passed over pretty fast but I mean it was just it was kind of weird timing that it was right like (laughs) this was going on so we're just like yeah
0: (laughs) that's cool fortunately it was far enough from the stage that it didn't threaten to actually uh, interfere with anything no no. I mean yeah it was far
3: enough away but yeah or otherwise obviously they would have you know ended the show
2: (laughs) The last thing I remember, heat lightning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's about 10 seconds where it's like, it's not going to rain, is it? It's like, no, okay, you you know, that's just lightning coming off of the rising steam from the trucks and things.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was really funny because you could tell those of us who were not from the area <laughs> were looking, like, kind of concerned. And, yeah, and the people from Orlando were like, relax. <laughs> it's just heat lightning. We get this all the time, you know? Yeah, yep, they're like, relax, it's fine. And we're all kind of looking like, it's not going to, like, strike us or anything
0: <laughs> will it and it was kind of a weird color as i remember it it was almost like an orange red color yeah or. it was weird
3: but that it would happen during helder skelter I
2: mean,
0: did it, it just happen of- once
2: or was it like a, a continuous
0: it was about 30 45 seconds and then it sort of moved off to the west i yeah. guess
2: okay wow, a little extra bonus like you said
0: there is a little while where you could sit there and watch it and it's like what's going on up there yeah
3: <laughs> As I said, you could tell the people who were in the area because they weren't paying any attention to it, and the it's rest like, of us uh, were looking up like, "Should we be concerned about this?"
2: Is that like first contact? Yeah, <laughs> it's like only at a McCartney show, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Of all
0: songs, it was
2: just
0: <laughs> during Holder Skelter. It was just weird. The last thing here on the show, Paul's walkout music this year was No More Lonely Nights. Does that mean anything?
3: I'm convinced that it means that he listens to Talk More Talk because we've talked about that we <laughs> wish that he would do some of his 80s hits like No More Lonely Nights. So I'm convinced that he's listening to our show. I totally think that's it. <laughs>
0: Okay, the other alternative <laughs> is that we're going to get the Broad Street box. Everyone is still convinced, and I'm pretty much convinced, that we're going to get a seventy nine eighty box. Hopefully this year, London Town was a light summer release, right? Was
2: 78, yeah.
0: That was light summer. Back uh, to the Egg
2: was released in June of 79.
0: So obviously yeah. we're past an anniversary for that. Yeah. yeah. But if he's putting the two together, I could see a box coming out later this year, but again... An announcement's got to come pretty soon. yeah We're in June. If he's going to ramp up October, November, well, it, Paul, come we'll on. Get,
2: give me an opportunity yep. to save a little bit, especially after the <laughs> concert tickets.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I need
2: something. Here.
0: If he does what he did with the... Red Rose box, that's going to be a $400 box with the with the two boxes. We know the video special that will come with that. Yeah. I mean, you got the whole back to the egg thing, and you got, if we're lucky, we're going to get the video from Liverpool and Campuchia. Yeah. All right.
2: There's some good shows. There's some good stuff. In 79, they could be released.
0: Yeah, And there will probably be the special Ultra Egg Edition. You get the golden egg, you get to fly to MPL. Yeah, that's right. Paul McCartney and the Egg Factory.
2: One of these Nanu Nanu eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking so, about.
0: I know yeah. exactly what
3: you're talking about.
2: <laughs> uh, Mark and Mindy.
0: <laughs> we'll see what happens, but I got to agree with everybody else that him selling the... Uh, London Town and Back to the Egg coasters, yeah. The Wings Over America coasters, there's nothing new about that. But him putting those together as a set and selling them as merch in this summer tour, that's got to mean something.
2: Yeah, man. yeah. That's a, the things to come, possibly. Yes, we'll see.
0: We've really had a dry half year, beetle-wise. I mean, you know, <laughs> granted that after last year, which was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yep.
2: like it's just like I said, it's just good. Okay, don't push it, Ed. <laughs> just. I'm licking my wounds here.
0: (laughs) I still completely believe that we would have had the Sometime in New York City box by now. If it weren't for things. Yeah. Yeah. I believe they were ready to actually release it. I think so, too.
2: I think we'll have something before, uh, obviously, the end of the year. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, Yep.
0: A John box and then a Paul Deluxe box. And then we know the Ringo's third EP is coming out. Yeah. He he told us it's done, and... At the press conference before his three shows, we are getting Women and Wives. Uh, I don't really count the record store days. Those are just oddball little collector things. Right. Yeah.
2: I did get that song in Fort Worth, by the way.
0: You were the last one to get it. He has not played it in the show since then. Nope, he plays yeah. it during Soundcheck,
3: but not during the show.
2: Yeah, I was very happy. So, that was one of those songs where most of the crowd got up at that point. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere for <laughs>
0: Good. Oh. Where I'm at.
2: Susan took off.
0: And to let you know, I did go and look at the video. There's actually nothing on the screen, but it's just the spotlight on Paul. Mm. Paul was on the big side screens, but on the screen behind him, nothing. No, okay, nothing. It was just a plain black screen, and the spotlight was on Paul at the piano for that whole thing. So maybe he knew. Maybe he didn't even bother coming up with graphics for the song. I'm like, oh, I'm only gonna play this a couple times. Was there anything for "Let Him In"? He's got a whole video for "Let Him In." Okay. It's not new, you know, marching bands, he's used it before. And okay. the Lady Madonna stuff was same. The one thing which I've heard commented on, which I actually kind of agree, there really wasn't much Linda representation in the show. We got as much Nancy oh, as we okay. do Linda. You know, you, you got Nancy and, and her son during the Lady Madonna, and you got Linda and Mary uh-huh. during the Lady Madonna. But I don't think we get any images of Linda anywhere else in the show. Hmm.
3: I don't know if he doesn't want you know to make Nancy
0: feel uncomfortable. It's implied with the Maybe I'm Amazed and Mary in the Coat, but there's not actually any images of Linda. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. For all the Beatles images, there really aren't any Wings Over America images. Hmm. You know, like during 1985, he could just clip some stuff out of Rock Show and play that. Yeah, true. Not there. Yeah, interesting. All right, let's close this out here. As mentioned elsewhere, there is indeed some new video in the Get Back uh, promo, which plays behind Paul when he's playing Get Back. Most notably, there's a scene where Mike McGear and Michael Lindsey Hogg come into Apple. You, You see them walking through the doors and you're making some funny faces. That is nowhere to be seen in Get Back proper. So beyond that, I think there are at least a handful of other clips which are not in the documentary. So Peter Jackson definitely put together a new film clip for the video.
2: Yeah, the uh, virtual duet, that was a fairly new clip.
0: Yeah, but I think all that footage is in Get Back. It's just re-edited. It's been re-edited? Okay.
3: You just see John continually.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, but all that was already in the movie? I
0: think it's all been released. Or at the very least, it is in one of the little screens when they do the multi split screen, okay, the little yeah. Pop-up. yeah. Were you happy with Alani? the Lonnie? I've got a feeling Kit and I were. It was okay, but I think we were both a little bit disappointed with it. Yeah, you know, I was
2: okay with it. I mean, I I had heads up. You know, I couldn't help to watch some of the videos that were broadcast on YouTube. But I was fine with it. That was a nice gesture. I think it worked.
0: Yeah, I just don't think it was executed to the best. You know. Yeah, the video wasn't great, great, and then the audio wasn't great, great, and it's like, okay, I mean, you know, maybe it's the best they could do, but it, it was a little bit off to me.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was really excited because, as as you said, Lonnie, I had seen some of the video too, and so I was really excited about that part. Maybe I was expecting too much, but. Yeah, I just thought the audio wasn't great and the video quality wasn't quite what I thought it would be. And I mean, it was fine, you know, but it just wasn't quite as impressive
2: as I thought it was. Was going. it uh, out of
0: sync? It may have been very slightly out of sync. Yeah, it wasn't much out of sync. No. but uh,
2: I didn't the, notice. But
0: but the video was not real smooth. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that Peter Jackson and edited a couple of pieces together that didn't 100% perfectly match up. And he didn't do a digital transition to make the match up. It's just, yeah. he, he did a hard cut between them and it's like, oh,
2: okay. Maybe it was a last minute inclusion, you know, in the concert and the, and the tour that they didn't work on it like enough.
0: You could tell that they put a lot more effort into the video behind get back than they did for the Lennon video.
3: Yeah. And Hey, you know, not like I could have done a better job.
0: <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He's Peter Jackson. So.
3: Yeah, exactly. So before anybody says it, no, I could not have done a better job. <laughs>
0: you know. All right, great. I think we managed to talk about the tour and review the tour without repeating too much of what you guys talked to Sam about. Both of these good folks will be back with us. Next week, John is still on his vacation to North Carolina. We have a, an interesting guest lined up. He runs a podcast, uh, internet radio drama called Beetle Drama.
2: Ooh, sounds interesting.
0: Eric Powell. He's in Chicago, but he doesn't know Kit. That's uh, No. Nope. That's a surprise. I thought Kit knew every beetle person in the Chicago area. <laughs> Just about everybody. <laughs> And much like our friend Susan in New York City, he runs a Beatle-themed Airbnb, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that either. But what he does is he's putting together little half-hour radio plays on various aspects of Beatle history. He's very early on now, Mr. Eric Howell, and we're looking forward to talking to him next week.
2: That would be very interesting. Cannot wait.
0: A great show. All right. Thanks. Hope you're having a good time, John. We're here holding down the fort. Thanks, Lonnie. Thanks, Kit.
2: You're welcome. It's always My good pleasure. to be back.
0: Absolutely. And we'll be back with you all next week. Be safe, folks. Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we could be reached at when they was fab and on gmail the opening theme was written produced and recorded by jay young kim beast or famine studios san francisco california Thank you, Bruce.
1: Thank you, gang. There's only one thing remains to be said. We'll see you next time. i tell you one thing, there's sickness going on and there's some good people doing work in hospitals but they got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with sick people, but they're, s- they're scraping the barrel for funds to keep going. Turned up nice again. Hey.